Hey, this is Jim Martin with Little Things First. Hello, James. This is Tracy, Little Things First. You almost had a British accent there. That well, I, I... You yeah, should have I, taken I, it all the uh, way. Maybe, next time, maybe. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, Tracy, we're going to be talking to, like, one of your favorites. I mean, you the person isn't your favorite because you don't know her, but, like... The I love principles. Yes, the role. It's a principle. I love principles. Yes. Because I have seen that principles have a huge impact on a school. Yes. And I think teachers would say the same thing. Um, maybe not superintendent or district directors or other people, but I think all in all, principals have really big influence. And I want to hear more from principals. We keep trying to call principals. So if there's principals out there, by the way, that want to be part of our our podcast, we want to hear from you because I think that our voice needs to be out there more and we need to be talking about what's going on in the front lines and the work that you're doing. So exactly. good job, Jim, getting this next person. This Who is, is it? Where's she coming from? Pendleton. And uh, she actually is an award-winning principal at the Laurel Magnet School of the Arts in Laurel School District in Mississippi. So uh, this is going to be good. Okay, let's let's go. give her a call. Here we go. Bring in. Hello. Hi, is this Kiana? Hi. Yes, it is. Hi, this is Jim Martin with Little Things First. Hi, Jim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today. Of course. And this is my colleague, Tracy Vandeventer. Hi, Kiana. Hi, how are you? You said Tracy, right? Yep, Tracy. And we are so happy to be talking to you. Thank you. I'm happy to be talking to you as well. Thank you for having me. You bet. So why don't we, we usually just start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the role that you're in now and that sort of thing. Okay, so I am Dr. Kiana Pendleton and I'm the proud principal of Laurel Magnet School of the Arts, um, which is in Laurel, Mississippi. We are part of the Laurel School District. I have been in education for over, over 10 years, so I started off as a kindergarten classroom teacher and just kind of worked my way up from there as a second grade teacher, a fourth grade teacher, and I've done some work as an interventionist and also a district reading specialist. And most recently, I am a school principal. So that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) So Kiana, I have to just jump in and say, anybody I talk to, I say, if you can be a kindergarten teacher, you can do anything. I agree with that. I do. (laughs) No, I mean it because when you are thinking about the work you have to do with kindergarten kids, you have to be so explicit and your language has to be so precise. And and so I have so much respect for all of the people who have had time in the trenches with kindergarten kids. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) So um, most recently you've been the principal of Laurel Magnet School, right? Yes. And talk a little bit about the focus of that school, because it's an arts magnet school. Yes, it's an arts magnet school. So um, we offer, we service rather pre-kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, We have approximately 305 students, give or take, here and there, depends on the enrollment. Um, There is an application process to attend our school, but we are a public school. So we do specialize in arts, which means I have a certified arts activity teacher um, in each of our activity classes. For example, we offer visual arts, 
dance, music, um, physical education, library, and computer as a part of our activity um, class program. So our scholars get an opportunity to participate and receive training um, that most public school students don't have an opportunity to. And I truly believe that the arts enhance our success um, because we do integrate it into our day-to-day curriculum and as well as address the public um, school requirements as far as standards that must be um, introduced and assessed and, and taught. However, we do um, enhance our curriculum through the arts. So it's very much at the forefront of what we do and what our school represents. So where do you find your teachers? Do they seek you out, or do you have to kind of go and beat the bushes even more to find, you know, teachers that are interested in taking that art um, focus to to kind of do that uh, curriculum? Go ahead. Yeah, actually, they, um, they kind of find us. They're attracted to our program because um, a lot of schools in public education just simply don't have those types of programs. So when you get a, a young student, college student, a recent grad who majored in dance or majored in art, sometimes it's difficult to find jobs in those disciplines. So yeah. our school is definitely a, um, a magnet <laughs> um, in every sense of the word because we do attract those types of professionals who want to um, an opportunity to teach dance and do what they love for a living. So how has um, the recent um, pandemic, which has, you know, closed schools, I assume it's closed yours as well. Um, you know, how has that affected the work that you do as far as the arts are concerned? Dance through Zoom. A, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. We do. Um, it actually has not affected it as much as you think. Um, as far as the students being offered those types of activities face-to-face, of course, yes. Um, but we still um, kind of kept it moving. So we found out that we were not returning to school as most schools did during our spring break, and we did not let that stop our show. So we found out um, maybe that Wednesday or Thursday that we would not be returning that Monday. And when Monday came, we had a full-blown plan to address um, any gaps or anything that the children might miss. Um, for example, um, dance even. We had my dance teacher did do a lesson um, on through Zoom, um, as Tracy mentioned. So we also had, like, activity choice boards and promoted the arts at home with our families and let them know how they can be involved with those types of um, activities. So, yeah, we um, we tried our best to try to just, you know, keep it moving. <laughs> if teachers, I mean, uh, excuse me, if visitors were to kind of walk into your school, what would they notice that's different because you are in that magnet school kind of a, a of a setup, right? What do you think would be some right. of the biggest changes that they would see when they come to your building when it's open? I think that one of the things that our visitors, because we do have a lot of visitors, uh, we are an A-rated school, um, and we do incorporate the arts, so we have a lot of visitors who are just interested in our program and our unique approaches. So one of the things they always just feel, and this is the abstract, of course, is the energy. I think the atmosphere and the energy of the school is just, it's it draws you in to the learning environment. Um, the second thing I would say that they would notice would be the art on the wall. Um you know, just imagine a school in the summer, you're cleaning up and the walls are bare. And then over the course of the year, you just add to the walls and you literally have art everywhere that showcases our um, our disciplines, our concentration, and what our students are most known for, which is art. So I would, I would venture to say that that's one of the things they would notice is all of the art on the walls. 
Very nice. And it must be so great for the kids who go there as well, just to have that pride in seeing their work displayed and uh, to know the value that's put into it. I think that that's, that's so excellent. I have, a, I have a question. So, you know, we're, we're all, you included, we're all given so much curriculum that we are supposed to review and learn and cover, right, during the school year, that, that we, we would have to teach five years in a 12-month period to be able to cover all the materials that's been laid out before us, right? I'm sure you face some of those same right. challenges. And I'm curious because all of us have to make decisions about what is going to stay and what we might have to let go. What, 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 do you, what do you recommend for that process? How did you take your teachers through that decision-making uh, in order to kind of make sure that we're, we're, we're leaving room for all this you know, really important work in the arts? Right, right. So um, one of the things that I did when I first got to school was I developed a teacher leadership team because it's super important to listen to your teachers. Um, I'm not a top-down, you know, principal. I don't make all of the decisions and filter them down. I truly include my teachers in a part of the decision-making, so that helps as well. And scheduling is so important. Hmm. Um, as a building-level leader, you have to have a schedule because it does serve as the nucleus and the heart of the school in which everything else operates. So your schedule is definitely a part of that. And you're right, we do have a lot of things that we have to cover in the curriculum. Um, in addition to the arts, of course, we have math and reading and social studies and science and all of those other subjects. And all of those get equal amount of time and we make sure of it. So nothing um, is more important than the other. And the way we um, kind of are successful with that is that we have an integrated approach. So we don't teach things in isolation. So when you speak of literacy, that can include reading and science. Or literacy can be also incorporated into math. And we have our um, activity teachers who teach art. They come actually tutor and serve as um, extra assistants. We call them helping hands during those core curriculum classes. So not only do they have their discipline, but they also uh, kind of cross over into our general ed curriculum. So when the children go to, for example, PE class. Our PE coach is also a fourth grade math student. So not only are they doing jumping jacks, they're also um, doing multiplication facts with those because she's been a part of what that looks like in the classroom. So to answer your question, we definitely integrate all of those things to make sure that we fit them in equally. Nice. And I want to I want to make sure that our listeners know that you are an award winning principal that you've actually been recognized for your talents. Will you talk a little bit about that? What award did you win, and uh, what do you attribute that to? Yes. Yeah, so um, we, like I mentioned earlier, we are an A rated school, and that was the first time that the school achieved that A rated status. Um, and as a result, I was named our district principal of the year, administrator of the year. And after that, um, when you're named your district administrator of the year, you are able to compete for the state administrator of the year out of about um, 100 plus other principals. And so from there, I was selected as one of the four congressional finalists. So we're actually awaiting to see if I will be, in fact, named the Mississippi administrator of the year. So I'm oh. very proud of that. And <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a big deal. And our, I just, love the fact that I get to represent our school. Our teachers and kids and parents were so excited for me. It was actually announced at our Black History program, um, I believe February 28th, um, my superintendent 
came to announce it at our program. And I didn't know, the kids didn't know, and they just erupted. So it was just so um, thrilling and exciting to have them be a part of that announcement. And you asked what I um, what I think led me to that point. I, I think me being a visionary leader and a servant leader is what ultimately um, contributed to that. And just creating that intentional culture and climate that's data-driven, that's clear, it's consistent, and the teachers and community and family, they just buy into the vision because it's so clearly communicated and they actually see it come to fruition and they understand how they are a part of the ultimate vision. So I think that's what did it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, that what a great honor. Thank you. I, I love what you said when you were referring to being a servant leader, a visionary leader, and then you also said data-driven, right? So they don't have to be one or the other. I'm curious about what right. what are some of the little things that you think that you do with your staff and your community that would be representative of being a servant leader or a visionary leader that, that if you you know were to give advice to a new principal coming up, what, what would you recommend? I think I would recommend um, definitely communicating your vision. Um, from day one, I held a meeting with our community, our, our parents, our students, our my staff, and I told them that our school was going to be the busy road of education, a place where people wanted to go, where teachers wanted to teach, where parents wanted to send their children. And um, not only did that truly happen, but in fact, one of my teachers for um, Boss Appreciation Day, she went to Disney World and got one of the workers to say, Happy Boston Day to Dr. Pendleton. Your school is the Disney World of Education. <laughs> so that let me know right there that that vision transferred on to everyone. And they truly bought into it. Like, she literally went to Disney World for family um, vacation. And I thought that was just so cool and so neat. And I, that moment, I knew that it had been embedded into them. But um, for a new administrator, I would tell them to definitely... Um, Build relationships. That is so key to not do the work alone. Um, I could not have done this alone. Everybody had a part. Everybody was important. Um, even the custodians, the bus drivers, um, the secretaries, everybody with a post in the building um, contributed to our A rating. And you let them know how they can be a part of your, your vision and your plan. And put them in um, to where their talents can be magnified in their own right. Um, Another thing I would do is to just make sure they're consistent and visible. Um, I'm kind of the girl where I, I roll my sleeves up and I'm right there with you. So from 8.30 to 10 o'clock every day, you can catch me I'm in a classroom tutoring. So I'm a tutor as well. And my secretary has been trained. She knows from that time period um, I'm not to be, you know, bogged down with meetings or the other things, day-to-day -day operations that principals sometimes get bogged down in. And, and people respect that. And I communicated that with my parents, so they know that during that time, I'm serving their children. Um, so you're very clear about what you stand for, and you demonstrate that daily. Right. Um, that, that's so interesting. Um, so Tracy and I were just having a conversation about Mississippi um, and the fact that um, you know when I was teaching, there was always this conversation about Mississippi being kind of at the bottom of the list in terms of performance, in terms of um, how much they spent on um, education. And uh, we've been hearing reports that now Mississippi is 
you know, towards the top, if not at the top. And what do you think is going on with that? What do you think attributes to that um, that other states can learn from? Um, I would pinpoint the shift. Um, I think it's actually when I got into education a little over 10 years ago, um, in the focus, the intentional focus on teaching and learning is, to me, what attributes to the shift. So, um, most recently, maybe about four or five years ago, we had the Literacy-Based Promotion Act, in which um, many of the local performing schools had support with literacy coaches. Um, so, we did a lot of work with literacy and being intentional about making sure that we are closing gaps and um, identifying deficits. So if a child comes to you with a deficit, um, your job as a teacher is to identify that deficit and remedy it and monitor the progress of that child so until that deficit is closed, and then you move to, on to the next one. So I think the work of our leaders at our state department trickled down into our um, district-level leaders and our building-level leaders and then our teachers, which were able to directly impact our students. And um, it's just been really, I can't say the word intentional enough, and data-driven. Um, look at your numbers to see if what your efforts are, or if they're effective. Because if they're not, you have to readjust and you be flexible with it. It's okay. Give yourself some grace. If this failed, um, the only way that you could truly fail is if you keep doing something that's been proven to fail. Um, otherwise, you just readjust. And you just make sure that your student achievement is in the forefront of all of your efforts. If they're not aligned to student achievement, then um, that's, that's an easy toss-out. You know, just make sure that your efforts are aligned to the ultimate goal, which is student achievement. Nice. So the tutoring that you're doing, is that really literacy-focused? Have you continued in that momentum? Absolutely. Um, it's definitely literacy-focused. Um, like I said, literacy can transcend all subjects. It's not just reading. You're just making children literate in whatever the content is. It is definitely continued. Um, for example, you mentioned how the pandemic affected um, our day-to-day -day operations. We have launched a virtual summer school this summer. So we've um, taken what we've learned with distance learning um, over the last nine-week period, and we've made improvements. So now we've learned that maybe a recording isn't the best or most effective way to reach a child. So we've um, improved that, and now we're going to provide live instruction via um, a technology platform, for example, Zoom, as you mentioned earlier, um, to make sure that the children are receiving that instruction from a teacher. And not only that, but having an opportunity to um, participate in the learning process and be able to have feedback from a teacher during that live instruction. I'm curious about your structure within your building as well. So you have done a fantastic job on kind of laying out for us about relationships and, you know, communication. And then you've thrown in, oh, and I do two hours of tutoring as well, just in a little side gig here. Um, I'm curious about what other support you have created in your building. Um, do you have like instructional coaches, a dean of students, assistant principal? Are there others that are in there? Are you are you kind of the, you know, the mainstay? Believe it or not, I don't have an assistant principal and I also don't have an instructional coach. <laughs> so um, what I did was I, I knew that early on and I'm okay with it because I do consider myself the instructional leader of my building. Um, I have a lot of experience and knowledge of um, content. So I was able to bring that to the table. So um, on any given day, for example, our PLCs, that's professional learning communities, um, I lead those as well. So I'm able to speak to the actual content 
And then I've also empowered my teachers to be able to lead professional development as well. So we make up for not having those support staff. And um, I make sure that everybody's busy. You know, everybody has a part in it. So gone are the days where certain group of teachers have, you know, two to three hours that are unaccounted for. Um, everybody's schedule is, is geared towards learning, teaching and learning. So we make up for it as best we can with moving um, kind of people around on the bus and making sure that everybody has a part in the the ultimate goal. Nice. Do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Actually, my teachers say that I don't. And um, <laughs> on top of all that, I have a toddler. I have a three-year-old. So, oh, wow. Um, once, yeah, once I get her to bed, the emails just kind of start popping out. So my staff laugh all the time. They are great, by the way. And they know that... Um, they could get an email at midnight or one o'clock in the morning and it's okay. And I'm the first one there every morning <laughs> at seven o'clock and the last one gone. Um, so yeah, and I'm also, I also have a husband. So, you know, this is kind of a part of what I do. Oh yeah. And him too. <laughs> yeah, and him too. You know, they're important. So. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, um, we have a question that we always ask um, to everyone, and that is, if you could talk to your younger self through a time machine of sorts and give your younger self some advice to help you be more successful as an educator maybe earlier on, what advice would you give? I love that question. I adore that question. Um, my younger self, or any young educator um, for that much, I would just tell them to learn as much as they can and be... Um, be versatile, like be able to bring more to the table than what you're comfortable with. Um, extend yourself, learn more about things that you aren't comfortable with or things that you don't consider your area of expertise. For example, I'm a reading girl all day long, but I've also taught math before. Um, I majored in English in college, so I'm automatically drawn to that part. But you also make yourself um, more marketable in learning a little bit more. Also, um, don't be afraid to grow. Um, I know a lot of teachers are, they kind of shy away from teaching tested subjects. So I said that I started off in kindergarten. Well, eventually I took fourth grade and that was a tested area. And I learned from that. I was also an interventionist and I'm a reading specialist. So I think all of those things made me successful in my own right, in my own role right now. Um, and I appreciate getting young people in, um, a lot of people don't want to give a young one young educators an opportunity because they don't have that experience. But the only way that they will get that experience is if you give it to them. So I love new teachers. I love being a mentor to them. So hey, at this point, um, you pay it forward. And if you can help a young educator do that, put them in the position to be successful and be a mentor for them so that they too can um, reach their goals. And some people don't want to go outside of the classroom and that's fine, but you can still grow when you're um, in your own right. Mm. And also, um, I would add to that is make sure you have a balance with your um, family as well. Um, sometimes we can just be workaholics and pour all of our energy into work. And, you know, you may not necessarily notice, but you don't want to neglect your the family side. Of it. So it's very much a balance in making sure that everybody is important, even yourself. So self-care is awesome, too. <laughs> good advice. Really good advice, especially because for a little while there, you were giving us a schedule where I thought you might be sleeping between 1 and 3 in the morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
that was maybe after you talked to your husband when you guys were falling asleep. I don't know. <laughs> right, right. I'm just wired that way, and I'm a ball of energy. We um actually had a little fun day. We were charging, well, what we thought we were charging up for state testing, but of course that, you know, that yeah. fell through with the pandemic. But we had this little day where we were the Energizer Bunnies, and I literally had on an Energizer Bunny costume. And, and the, the tagline was that we keep going and going, and everyone that's saying we don't stop. <laughs> nice. I nice. love it. Um, I have one more question that just popped into my head. Usually that's the last one that we ask, but I'm wondering about, do your um, art teachers participate in the PLCs as well? So you said that they co-teach sometimes with the um, the content teachers and um, just wondering what their role is in kind of looking at data. Oh, definitely. They were, when I first got to school, they were very um, involved they were very eager to learn because at one point they had not been a part of those discussions so if we were going for an a rating not only an a rating but the first a rating i needed everybody to be articulate and everybody be able to speak to what we're doing so they definitely played a key role and ultimately what led us to the a rating they definitely have plcs every week just like my content teachers they definitely are a part of the planning um, they definitely are in the classrooms, and everybody respects everybody's discipline. So it's not all about readings, not all about art. It's about how they work um, as a as harmony. You know, they're just harmonious in their own right, and they they just work together. They gel together. And when we got the A rating, everybody was able to celebrate that because they were truly a part of it. And it just it feels good. It's so rewarding to know that you tutored a child, that you were a part of that planning so that everybody can be equally as excited when we um, when we got that level of success. So I love my activity teachers. My staff is great. They are the, the real, you know, they're the real story behind the story. So I definitely don't want to leave out my teachers, all of them, and my scholars. I call them scholars. And my parents are great, too, so. I could not have done anything without them. And every award that I've ever won, and even the name Educator of the Year for another organization, I always make sure that I acknowledge them. Well, they're lucky to have you, and it sounds like you have a really strong team there that's committed to kids and to growth, and congratulations on your rating, and congratulations to you also for, you know, your award, being recognized as, as an exceptional leader, and we really appreciate you taking time to come and visit with us and, and give us just a reminder about the little things that make a big difference. It doesn't have to be sweeping reform, right? It could be just consistent, mm-hmm. focused effort on the things that are important and and you've given us some great ideas to chew on here thank you so much i've enjoyed speaking with you all thank you and good luck with your next um your next stage which is you know waiting to hear the results of the state um principal of the year and also all the other wonderful work in returning to school that you'll be doing um in the months to come Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you for taking time. Thank you. You too. Thank All you. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.